Hello everybody, this is Dr. Fred. I am responsible, I am accountable, I am capable of assisting people to find their true voice and then deliver it effectively into the world around us. With 40 years in mental health, 32 of them as a psychiatrist, and then a massive amount of conversations, including podcasting and expert speaking, keynote speaking, I have the opportunity to really see the magic that it takes to find one's authentic self and then deliver it effectively into the world. And if you're like me, you can see that now more than ever, that's what's called for. So today is that day. Now is that time. Come forth. Join me in the broadcast. You'll see on the other side of this at True Voice with Dr. Fred. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another amazing episode of True Voice with Dr. Fred. And today you're with Dr. Fred. I'm Dr. Fred. I'm commonly known as the Undoctor. And um, my goodness, I have irons in a lot of fires, but I'm actually reducing them down because I now am coming in touch with my true voice. And each and every day, it's an opportunity to get closer and closer because you don't really totally arrive at your own true voice. Instead, you get closer. You start realizing that you need to discard some things that are inconsistent with who you are. And then you need to acquire other things that are totally consistent with where you are and who you are. And maybe you need, and this is what we're going to talk about some today, to rediscover things actually rediscover things that have been here the whole time that represent who you really are, represent your genuine, authentic self. And that's what this whole process is about. So true voice methodology is about finding true voice and may not be through vocality, although it might be. There are other ways to express oneself effectively. We could almost call it like true self-expression rather than true voice. In fact, sometimes being silent and just listening is the best example of how to display one's true voice, actually being present, being present to what is being attempted or what is intended, and then stepping forth in a way that actually moves the conversation forward as a function of your own self-expression. We just said that maybe today we're going to talk a little bit about rediscovering, rediscovering the parts of you that have been here the whole time, but have been covered over, have been obscured, have been uh, maybe put into lockdown or put into um, what do they used to call it? Uh, layaway, you know, that you'll come across it when you're ready. I submit that today is that day to be ready. Uh, we don't know what the future holds. And I think that everyone can agree that the future seems less uncertain to us than any other time in the past. We never really have had a certain future. And frankly, it's not any less uncertain ultimately, than it's been any time in the past, we almost start thinking that it is certain and that it's going to be certainly not in a direction that we were intending it to go. So in fact, what we're calling uncertainty and our concern about uncertainty is more or less 
a understanding or a prediction that it's going to go differently than we would want it to go. Now, again, it should go without any, um, it should go without any further ado to understand that it might go whatever way it goes, but you have at least a say in the matter of how your life goes. So today I'd love to invite people to call in. Um, the phone number to call in is, let's see, it is 1-888-627-6008, or you can call directly to 323-744-4831. And I'm accepting calls from all over the world tonight, because what I'm really after is I'm going to share a story about myself and about me rediscovering a part of me in both an exciting and extremely frightening manner that has now sort of lowered itself on to me again. So when I grew up, my uh, when I was a child, um, I was a precocious child, and I because I had two brothers, they taught me things that other kids didn't know. So I was already reading and writing uh, as a young child, and um, the I learned that uh, I really enjoyed the cultural arts. My mother used to bring me to symphonies and to operas and to puppet shows and to dances. And she would bring me to the planetarium and, you know, always tried to keep me culturally ingrained, you know, culturally enthused, enthused. And I really learned how to play the piano. And I, I was pretty good at playing the piano. I was my mom was also a piano player. So she let let that trickle down and taught me some of the tricks of playing piano and By the time I was 11 or 12, I had already played the piano for like six years. I was already getting good. I was already pretty culturally sound, but there was the strain and stress that I like to look at now that we sometimes call peer pressure, meaning that I was sort of um, almost an outcast, even though I was smart or I was tall or I was funny or You know, I was uh, I I made myself be visible and I played the piano and I liked culture. But my friends, they weren't doing those kind of things. I eventually decided that I needed to maybe learn how to be a boy or learn how to be a man. I had these two brothers. How does it how do you get to be a man? Do you start fighting and start swearing and, you know, start doing silly, sloppy things? Uh, maybe playing football and, you know, all these things that are, um, what, uh, idiosyncratic for what it means to be just a boy. And I decided that piano and culture and the arts didn't fit in that model. That instead, I would only do things that met a certain criteria that seemed like it was more, um, uh, what, more along the lines of what it seems like it's necessary to be a boy. I'm missing a word, but I think you understand what I'm saying. So I quit piano. And I remember the day I quit my piano lessons. Um, my mom told me that I would miss it. And, you know, and then I, I, I kind of quit going to 
classical um, events, you know, to symphonies. I didn't want to be seen with my mom. I instead, you know, it's not like it was bad. 70s rock and roll, 60s rock and roll was pretty amazing. And so, um, you know, in 71, 72, uh, rock and roll started coming out. And then, you know, then there was marijuana and there was ways to be a boy that I got really down and dirty in being. The cost of this is that the artist in me also got locked away. Although I remained creative, I no longer had that on the front end of who I was. So maybe I wasn't doing enough painting or wasn't playing enough music or doing enough art or dancing or singing. You know, I had all of these things as being non-consistent with being an active boy, an acceptable boy, one who could be like my brothers. So I did things, it seems, that were kind of flew away my core self of the artist I know that I am. And I lived the rest of my life up until very recently, in some ways, in the uh, wake of that, like I learned how to be, you know, I had a lot of relationships and I lived around the world in multiple places, had a super exciting life. And, um, you know, I became a doctor and then I became a pretty successful doctor. Well, you know, pretty well known as a psychiatrist and I became an international doctor. And then I'm on the front edge of a lot of things like showing up uh, as a, like a big man, you know, all the while the dormant artist in me had been locked down, batten, you know, battened down the hatches. Recently, I have been talking about true voice, and I have come more in touch with what my true voice is. For instance, I no longer practice conventional medicine or conventional psychiatry. I don't medicate people anymore. I don't give prescriptions. I, I don't even do regular conventional psychiatry with independent, you know, psychiatric evaluations. Instead, I help people find their true voice. And as the undoctor, I undiagnose people, unmedicate people. And then if fortunate enough, we undoctrinate people, meaning that they no longer have to come to their mental health clinician to sustain their own mental health stability. Because ultimately at the heart of all this, and I've known this the whole time, and somehow it had, this thread has stayed with me through all the years, human connection, conversation, creativity, communication are at the heart of all healing of all conditions of all types. Now, although they don't necessarily say that in medical school, and they certainly don't teach it as front edge, I've seen countless examples where all one really has to do in order to heal another or frankly to heal themselves is to connect openly and honestly uh, with, um, with uh, another person, like actually be aligned with another person such that connection and resonance takes place. Now, what has that left me? In some ways, I remain Dr. Fred. I'm still at the front edge. I'm still doing psychiatry sort of work, but I now call it transformational or restorative work. It's much more enjoyable. And it's along the lines of healing rather than simply being a doctor. And I think I've spoken to that in other episodes. 
But what I'm also noticing is that the artist in me is begging, scratching to come back out, like to actually show up and be part of who I am in the community. So maybe it's a piano player or maybe there's an, another instrument. I am finding myself surrounded by maximum artists from multiple different modalities. I, uh, I'm, in fact, hosting a concert, a uh, a really big, really nice, big uh, reggae concert on June 12th as part of the summit that I have created. So it's a reggae concert featuring Pato Banton. And on top of that, we're going to have a whole host of other artists who are there that week who are bringing forth their true voices, their true message. Maybe, ultimately, reggae is the essence of bringing forth one's true message. You know, get up, stand up, or, you know, don't give up the fight. Like, actually speak your voice, even in the world of being oppressed. And there is a great deal of oppression in our world. Uh, Today, I'm really grateful that I can speak anything like my true voice into a, even into a computer like this and have you listen to it. But ultimately, that's a gift rather than a necessary right. And sometimes it has to be fought for. So I've begun taking a course, and the course is called The Artist Way. And you may have heard about it before. And I'm very excited that it seems like it's reawakening the artist in me. Like I find myself not only thinking about playing music, or not only thinking about writing or thinking about art, but actually taking steps to rediscover, redefine, and then recreate myself as an artist on the backside of a life that has been idiosyncratically sort of a big shot boy. Now I can be, if I want, I mean, I'm already kind of earned those stripes. I can kind of let that down and learn how to simply be the artist that's been with me the whole time. Therefore, that's why I call it rediscovery. I invite you to look at your life openly and honestly. Where in the world are you doing what you think you should be doing or what you're called on to do, and that you're not paying attention to core aspects of yourself that are itching and scratching to be expressed. Please take a moment and really ask yourself that question. Precisely, there are places where you are mourning or grieving those parts of you that you gave up as a child or a young adult so that you could start doing whatever it is you now think is more important but is definitely less gratifying and satisfying. Finding your true voice is a function of that as well. So I'm looking at the silent path to finding a loud true voice. Imagine, if you will, that you could express yourself without speaking that you could actually get your message across in more elaborate and multidimensional ways by doing something other than speaking into a box or openly speaking to somebody at a coffee shop or a party. Imagine if the way to express yourself was still being hampered 
while still being dampened right now based on a decision you made as a child or as a young adult to give up on something you love so that you could do something you had to do. The time is now to consider rediscovering that. You might feel afraid if you think about that. And that makes sense because you were afraid when you locked it up. You were afraid that it was going to take you down a pathway that wasn't as useful as the one you eventually chose to do instead. So now imagine, now that you have this mm, sort of foggy idea of the things that you stopped doing that you wish you could have kept doing, and oftentimes those are in the arts. So art, music, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing, gardening, things that I had already listed out in my book, The Creative Eight. And let's combine the two books that I wrote. So The Creative Eight, and then Find Your True Voice. So... Imagine if you had a natural, a natural propensity to be an artist, but you really have it that you're not one, that you're incapable, that you're not good, that it's not good work, that you'd have to learn too much, it's too hard, you don't know how, and all those things. And that's what keeps you from expressing yourself in whatever your creative art is. Again, it doesn't have to be just painting and drawing. It can be art of multiple types. Imagine now that you unleashed that and began to sing or began to cook or began to garden or to dance or to have, you know, to do drama or to do writing. Imagine that the impact of that level of self-expression is greater and broader and more multidimensional than anything you have ever created with your vocal cords. Imagine that. So you see, finding your true voice, we're going to expand the definition of the word voice. So that voice now includes not only utterances from your mouth, but multiple methods of self-expression that have been laying dormant. There's also photography, by the way, and there's also cleaning or sorting that can be very, very therapeutic in the world of creation. What you will find is when you allow your creative self, whatever it is, freedom to express itself, you in fact are no more vulnerable than you are when you're trying to hide it. And the opportunity exists to step into your true self very powerfully, even if what you're doing is very delicate artistry. I was talking to my wife yesterday, and we looked at how close it is to be a blacksmith versus a calligrapher. And we made sort of a joke that calligraphy is actually closer to being a blacksmith than it is to regular handwriting. Because handwriting is utilitarian, and calligraphy and blacksmith are actually creative arts. So it's super interesting that pounding away as a blacksmith and delicately mm, uh, using very, very fine brushes as a calligrapher are actually closer to each other than calligraphy and 
handwriting. I'm going to give you a phone number again where you can contact me. I'd love to hear from you if there's any part of this is ringing your bell. So the number to call me would be 1-888-627-6008. And if you don't have access to, to um, toll-free, then the direct number is 323-744-4831. All right. I think at this point, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a commercial and I'm going to get myself some water. And we're going to talk a little bit about the artist way and the impact that becoming an artist might have on you. Ready? Here comes a commercial. We'll see you on the backside. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Fred again. I wanted to explain to you a little bit about one of the names I have called the Undoctor. What is the Undoctor? Well, after about 15 years in the field of me being misaligned with what I was doing, because I was medicating people even knowing that medications were not the right answer, and I was diagnosing people even though I didn't always believe that they had the diagnosis that I said that they had, even though they did meet the criteria, etc. I like seeing humans for exactly who they are and who they're not, and not as a diagnosis. So in 2006, I began the process of becoming the undoctor. I unmedicated, undiagnosed, and then undoctrinated a bunch of people. Like people no longer had to come to a psychiatrist because their conditions cleared. This isn't true for everyone. It may not be true for you, but for some folks who know that their diagnosis doesn't fit and who know that they don't want to keep going through with medications and don't want to be seen as someone who's defective or afflicted, this turned out to be a great intervention. Over time, I stopped doing that, and I no longer do a whole lot of conventional psychiatry. Now I just help people walk through their life and find their true voice. I connect with people straight up, not as if there's a power gradient between a doctor and a patient, but it's two humans connecting and resonating with each other. As it turns out, that's where all healing emanates from. So today, I've developed the Welcome to Humanity brand over the last six or seven years, and that really takes into consideration all of this, it is self-explanatory. Basically, each and every experience that we have with humanity is just as exquisite as another, even if it's deeply uncomfortable. From there, we get to actually share these human experiences. From there, we get to resonate and connect, and from there, healing takes place. I also have been helping people with their true voice, and that's why you're here today at True Voice with Dr. Fred. I help people find that true voice, really their authentic self, their core value system, and then deliver it effectively into a world that is eagerly awaiting to hear you. Without your voice, no one will ever hear you. And without your true voice, no one will ever know you. But with your true <laughs> voice, you can find healing, peace, and love. True voice is what it takes to end all wars. So welcome to True Voice with Dr. Fred. Welcome back. Welcome back to another segment of True Voice with Dr. Fred. So 
one of the skills that I developed while I was spinning around looking at what it is I could do that was still be a boy was I kept talking. I just talked and talked and talked. I, there's no elementary school teacher that ever forgot having me as a student. And there's probably not that many junior high, high school or college professors who really have forgotten. Although I did learn how to quiet down when I went to college because actually communication and connection were not what was encouraged in the college setting. So my voice began to be cho choked down a little bit as I learned that what they really wanted me to do was to listen carefully and then mimic or regurgitate back that which they said almost exactly to be considered a good student. Now, although I did begin to, be, to explore, always dabbling a little bit with what would it take to learn how to play guitar or what would it take to uh, become an art critic or what would it take uh, you know, to learn how to draw or sing. It seems like these things always buzzed in my world. But then I would become too busy, like a big man, and I wouldn't follow through on the things that were creative artistry that were itching to come out. In the last five years, I ran in and met, or I ran into and then met and now have married my soul partner, Alexandra, who is an extraordinary artist. Uh, just a, mm, a, a amazing at her work as a drawer and a painter. Prolific, it would be fair to say. And I have, in the meantime, found myself really dancing and playing with what it takes to be self-expressive in some ways, very envious of her. And sometimes I get, when I like, you know, become more conventional in my thinking, I think that, you know, maybe she's not working as hard as me. That seems less and less likely these days. In fact, what she's doing is she is exploring and presenting herself, her true self in a world that is, not necessarily encouraging of bringing one's own artist way forward. So I'd recently, um, recently uh, decided that it's time for me to do the same. In other words, it's time for me to find my true voice through artistry and Alexandra introduced me to this course or this book that apparently most or every artist uh, has at least had, has at least heard of, if not gone through, called The Artist Way. Now, I'm a total beginner. I've just started a few days ago. And there's a couple things that you have to do when you start The Artist Way. You have to commit to something called morning pages. And morning pages is you wake up in the morning and you get on your journal and you write three solid pages of what's ever on your mind, whether or not it's uh, you know good and ready um, to be eaten. Whether it's whether it, you know you can write, I have nothing to write, or you can write, I hate waking up, or you can write whatever you want to write, just to fill three pages. Now, I have to say that I've had what appears to be some magical peace and flow that is initiated if I start my day, when I start my day with pages. 
And it's almost like a way to launch my day and to get my thoughts flowing rather than sort of stuck and dormant like they are when I'm just lying down through sleep. What I'm finding is that this is creating some magic with the people that I'm meeting and who I'm having connections with. I find myself having conversations with extraordinary musicians. Uh, The group that I'm now um, have assembled or am working inside to create the reggae concert on June 12th for the summit, the summit that up until now has been called the We the People Summit, but may be called the Get Up Stand Up Summit. Uh, And we're looking at really creating a creative monster here that has us really functionally moving forward and moving true voices forward. My partner, my business partner in this venture, it's a man named Ken D. Foster. We had him on just a couple of weeks ago, and he's actually, uh, the reason I'm on this show here is that he introduced me to uh, BBS and to the multiple distribution availability that's here right now from where you're listening or watching me. So I have great gratitude for Ken, and Ken introduces me to people almost exactly when I'm ready to meet them. And what I'm noticing is that it, it's, it's like when the restraints come off, when the constraints come off, when I stop being what I should and start being a little more aware of who I really am, it is my artist that naturally arises and emerges. I don't know what kind of art I'm going to do. I do know that not far away down the block at this uh, artworks, there is an opportunity to do, there's a 20,000 square foot art artworks building that has everything from glass blowing to metal to 3D printers and laser, laser printers and plasma and sewing and, and, and clay and mm, uh, you name it, it's there as a, as a piece of art. And you can get certified in any of those things and then take them forward into your life. Now there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but what about the money? You know, artists can't make money. Well, that's a myth as well. I think what's important to get is that when you're doing something you don't like, you sort of can't get wealthy. You cannot get wealthy doing something you don't like. Now, it's possible, I suppose, to have a large bank account when you're doing something you don't like, but I'm not equating wealth to having a large bank account. If what it's taking to have a million dollars in the bank is tearing up and shredding your soul, that is not called wealthy. That is called having money but it's at a cost that far exceeds the money's presence. Now you can pretend that you don't mind doing something miserable because you have a lot of money, but the truth is the wealth I'm looking for is much more comprehensive, much more consistent with this, what is the seed? What is my, what is my opportunity to bring forth? What is, being, what is calling forth from me as a create? as a creative. <clears throat> I'm going to ask if there's anyone has any ideas. Uh, so far, no one has called in, but we'll talk about that. If someone wants to call in, I'd love to have a conversation. 
It's 1-888-627-6008. It's 1-888-627-6008. When I started looking for pianos a few months ago, I wondered, well, what am I going to do? I'm a nomad at heart because I was spinning and running for so many years. I can't put a nomad on my back or in my, you know, trunk of my car. So, I mean, I can't put a piano there. So um, what am I going to do? Well, all of a sudden pianos started showing up and, you know, there's pianos that are being given away in my neighborhood and all I have to do is ship it. And now picking up a piano becomes actually a real possibility. But there are other possibilities, too. I could pick up a flute or a horn or a guitar. So what happened then is I got introduced to who I think is the best, certainly one of the best musicians I've ever met who plays small venues up here in Nevada City. So Gary is now a friend of mine, and he is a musician with multiple instruments, and he wants to just hang out. And I want to learn from him how to bring my music back to my life. And then there's podcasting. So in the world of podcasting, there is some degree of creativity that is required in conversations. Now, I can choose my words creatively, and I can choose my questions creatively. But what about creating a podcast studio that actually works? Well, I have access to a great podcast studio up in Nevada City up here. That's my friend, Anthony, and I invited him to join us, but maybe it'll be next week before he's here. And Anthony is just an amazing tattoo artist of all things, and not just not just a tattoo artist. It's a man whose expression through his art and through canvas and painting is so extraordinary. It's just jaw-dropping. So I'm now very close with him as well, and I find art to be um, really uh, engulfing and enchanting and more consistent with why I came here to Earth. Moving forward, now I start seeing that, well, you know, I remember my mom, she taught me how to knit. And even when I was knitting, I always felt like I didn't want my friends to see me knitting because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't boyish enough. It wasn't masculine enough. So um, now I feel like I could do that. I could knit or I could embroider. I could crochet. I could do some things like that and actually create wonderful wonderful um, uh, outputs, you know, wonderful products. So I could do that. But what am I going to do with my time? I'm always so busy. You know, I have so much work to do. It's almost like I do these things that would be so busy so that I don't have time to access my creative. And then I can sort of mildly complain like I don't have time because I'm actually doing important things. When in fact, what I'm doing by doing these so-called important things is drowning and smothering my true voice from being expressed as an artist, as a creative. So I invite you at this point to really look at yourself. Where is it that you that you yourself have been smothering a creative part of your genius, something that's been here. Maybe you used to be good at origami, or maybe you used to be good at gymnastics, or maybe you used to be good as a dancer. And maybe not good, but actually just love it, a folk dancer. Or who knows, maybe 
you really enjoyed mm, photography, like I said, or, or cooking, or working in the kitchen, or gardening. You know, the thing that's most interesting is even if none of those things are readily available to you, you can make music just by. And when I'm doing that, I am creating. I'm creating sound. It's emanating from me. And I, like my creator, built in the image of my creator, am creating. And the resonance that we're talking about, the connection that we're talking about, the communication that we're talking about, the creativity that we're talking about actually comes forth when I choose to create. So that's what's happening with me. I'm about to go through this 12-week course. And my friend Sam, who was on the show last week, is now my accountability partner for that course. We're about to make things happen. And in the next 12 weeks, I think my life is going through one of the more significant paradigmatic shifts forever. Meaning I'm going, I, I went from sort of artist on my way to boy, on my way to man, on my way to you know, all the, re all the relationships and the creations in conventional mm, society that I, that, I that I formulated and then joined up with may be inconsistent with my true self. I am now sh sh shedding those and no longer practicing, for instance, in a field that I didn't feel aligned with entirely. So I no longer be like I'm pulling away, pulling away, pulling away and doing more transformational restorative coaching rather than practicing medicine. It's one thing to pull away, but to pull the trigger sort of walking towards something, in other words, actually picking up the paintbrush or picking up the stylus or the knitting needles or uh, picking up the guitar pick, uh, this, is, this is a whole different item. This is a whole different item, like jumping in a pool for the first time. And this takes a whole different skill set, a commitment to go where I have been afraid to go for decades, maybe even five decades. So it's weird. It's disorienting. And at times it's kind of painful and leaves a little funky feeling in my belly. But once I get started with these things, it is rewarding beyond belief. Again, I ask you to start looking, where is it that your life isn't going in the direction of how you would want it to go if you had the freedom to be that who you already know you are? That's the question for today. The artist way is my delivery system. I'm going to be on for about five more minutes. In the meantime, what I'd like to do is give you the phone number to call me back. 1-888-627-6008. In the meantime, I'm going to take another one or two minute break. We'll come back for about five or seven minutes if anyone wants to call. Again, that number is 1-888-627-6008. Take care. See you in just a moment. Hi, it's Dr. Fred, and I want to tell you about this super exciting thing that we're up to called the We the People Summit. You can find the registration page at wethepeoplesummit.online. 
What's the point of this summit? Well, I've assembled some of the most influential, inspiring people that you can imagine. The purpose of putting them together was to learn from them how they became influencers. And what was so interesting is that each and every one of them say essentially the same thing. They came in touch in some way or another with what really matters to them and then brought that forth and a following ensued. Every proceed from the We the People Summit is going directly to Razum for Ukraine. And this is for those folks who have been devastated and disrupted and disturbed by the events in Eastern Europe. These people are in the need of a lot of humanitarian care and we're raising $1 million for those folks who've been affected. It's a free summit, but you can donate anything that you can afford. And we would really greatly appreciate a donation. There's a donate button on my BBS page. You can hit it there. Or you can go to wethepeoplesummit.online and make sure you register for the next version of the We the People Summit, May 7th, May 21st, and beyond. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah, the We the People Summit just took place uh, last week. It was spectacular. It was amazing. Truly amazing. And the tape of it is amazing. And not that many people showed up. And I, I were looking at what that meant. It doesn't mean anything. It means it wasn't promoted or marketed. It wasn't placed in front of you enough that you felt that it, the value proposition was large enough to spend any kind of time. And it was, if, it was, if you never even saw it, you couldn't even make a decision. So we're looking at ways of bringing it forth that, you know, now more than ever, we're looking for true voice. The We the People Summit was a function or is a function of telling people, of showing people how to bring that true voice forward. Incorporating the artist way, incorporating the reggae concert, incorporating my new tendency, my new interest in whatever art form I'm now stepping into, including um, working with Alexandra to move her art into the right places and perhaps incorporate it as part of the art project is what we're up to now. Now, when we step forward into that, we start seeing that what we've been doing that doesn't work for us, what we've been doing that is inconsistent with our heart and soul will always fall short in the end. So maybe there's things that you're doing, you're like, okay, I'm trying something new, but you still have one foot nailed to the ground. The idea here is that you can step forth and be the person, the child, the artist, the creative that you were born to be starting today. It doesn't have to come through complex words, although it can. It can come through writing or through poetry, for sure. And it doesn't have to be complex. You might notice that when you're singing in the car, if no one's looking, or you're singing in the shower, your voice is pretty good. And you can actually sing and say things you might not ever said, even if you are covering someone else's work. What I'm suggesting here is that you really are an artist. And with a little bit of assistance, a little nudge, it's time for you to find your artist's way. It's time for you to find your true voice. It's time for you to respect that humanity of yours. Because what's here is it's time to get up. It's time to stand up. It's time to stand up for your rights and stand up for your desires. And it's time to really get that today's not the day to give up that fight. 
Welcome to Humanity. Welcome to True Voice with Dr. Fred. I hope you had as much fun on this episode as I have. This will be aired today and it'll be aired again as well. But if you're interested in getting in touch with me, maybe talking a little bit more about what it would take for you to discover your true voice and what this whole methodology and heartfelt system is about, I invite you to reach out to me at Dr. Fred, Dr. Fred at welcometohumanity.net. That's Dr. Fred at welcometohumanity.net. I also invite you to indeed come on to the summit. Now, the We the People Summit dot online is how to register for that. And there, you know, it's a free registration and you'll get like the front row seats for the virtual program, which includes Pato Banton on June 12th uh, in a streaming version, but also includes these amazing speakers that we're hooking up for June 11th. I also want to invite you to listen to previous episodes of Welcome to Humanity. Welcome to Humanity podcast is a, uh, you know, a baby of mine that I've really enjoyed putting together. And we're doing it now in ways where we're going back to previous episodes and airing those again. And we're also really looking at the, I've recently been a guest on approximately 75 podcasts. So we're also promoting those as well. How do you get your true voice out there? Well, now's the time. Today's the day. Give me a call and we'll get you started on getting that precious true voice out in the world into a world that is absolutely eager, willing, waiting, and ready to hear what you have to say. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks for hanging on. Thanks for being with with Dr. Fred. Thanks for being part of True Voice with Dr. Fred. We will catch you on the flip side. I want to wish you a beautiful day, a beautiful week, and we'll see you again. Thanks for being part of this. Bye for now. Hello, everybody, and I just wanted to thank you for getting through another episode of True Voice with Dr. Fred. Wasn't that great? It is so much fun to interact with people and then interact with my listenership about really finding true voice and then bringing it forward. I really have never done anything more important than this and I'm finally aligned with myself by helping others find their true voice. Let's find your alignment. What do you really want in your life? 